Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. In Colossians chapter 1, beginning with verse 19, Paul said, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, that is, in Jesus, and through Him to reconcile to Himself, to God's self, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross, through the blood of His, Jesus cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, And this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. And then turn back with me to the gospel of Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26 beginning with verse 17. Matthew 26, verse 17. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? And he replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad. Began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. I want you to think back to those experiences in your life that are most memorable. The ones that you remember the most. And then ask yourself, what was it that made that event in my life, that experience, so memorable? There are several things that make memories memorable. Experiences memorable. I was looking on Facebook this past week and there was a girl with whom I went to high school. Her name is Robin. And she posted something on Facebook. She posted a blip of, a, of an experience that she will never forget. Here's what she said on Facebook. Quote, awkward moment of the week. In the movie theater, you touch hands with a man in the popcorn bag. And you realize you don't know the man 
And you suddenly remember that you decided not to buy any popcorn before you went into the movie. Memorable? I doubt she'll ever forget that. What was it about it that will make that experience memorable for her? I believe it was because something unexpected happened. I was watching Action News, WSB, a couple of weeks ago. There's a reporter there. You probably have, have seen him on there if you've watched Action News, WSB News. His name is Jeff Dore. Anybody remember Jeff Dore? You heard Jeff Dore? Raise your hand. You know what happened to Jeff Dore two weeks ago? He was off, had a day off, was working in his yard. And he went over to where his water hose was and reached down to pick up his water hose to pull it out. Picked up the water hose, or what he thought was a water hose. It wasn't a water hose. It was a copperhead snake. And that thing bit him on the arm, and his arm has swollen. He's been in the hospital. I don't know if he's still in the hospital, but they thought he might even lose that arm. Hopefully he's not going to. Let me tell you, will Jeff Dore ever forget that? Hello? Listen. This is the reason why when I go to Home Depot or Lowe's to buy a water hose, I never buy one that's snake colored. Never, ever. No. But Jeff Dore will remember that. I'll guarantee you for the rest of his life when he works in his yard and he reaches for a water hose every single time he will think back because something that he did not expect happened on one day a couple of weeks ago when he reached... For his water hose. Unexpected. Paul said Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The creator of everything. The one who not only created everything, but who holds everything together by his own power. He paints this awesome, majestic picture of the Lord Jesus and then turns right around and does something unexpected. How many of you have ever flown on an airplane? Raise your hand. On a commercial airplane. Well, then if you've flown on a commercial airplane, then you've sat through the safety announcements that the flight attendants give, right? Now, be honest with me. I'm going to ask you something. I want you to be honest with me. How many of you paid absolutely no attention to the safety announcements that that flight attendant gave? Be honest with me now. Be honest with me. About three quarters of you are lying. You know, they're required to make those announcements. And most people don't listen to the announcements. You know what the announcements are, where the exits are, what to do in case of a sudden change in cabin pressure. Well, how in the world do you know whether the cabin pressure has changed? How to use your seat as a flotation device. The fact that you're not supposed to smoke. And you're to keep your seatbelt buckled unless told otherwise. And nobody listens to it. Karen Wood was a flight attendant. A few years ago, she was the flight attendant who was responsible for giving the safety announcements on a flight that went from Dallas, Texas to... Someplace out in the West, San Diego, California. And here is the way that she gave the announcement. She knew 
that people just normally blew it off. And here's what she said, quote, if I could have your attention for a few moments, we sure would love to point out these safety features. If you haven't been in an automobile since 1965, the proper way to fasten your seatbelt is to slide the flat end into the buckle and to unfasten it, lift up on the buckle and it will release. And as the song goes, there might be 50 ways to leave your lover, but there are only six ways to leave this aircraft. Two forward exit doors, two over the wing removal window exits, and two rear exit doors. And the location of each exit is clearly marked with signs overhead as well as red and white disco lights along the floor of the aisle. And everybody looked. And she said, made you look. There were times when she would give that spill and people got so mesmerized by her announcement speech of the safety regulations that they gave her an applause after she got through. What was it that made people give her their attention? It was because she did something unexpected. It's the unexpected that gets our attention. It's the unexpected that causes us to remember. I made the terrible mistake a few weeks ago of deciding to pressure wash my driveway. And so I thought, well, I'll purchase me a pressure washer. And so I started pricing pressure washers. And I would look at different brands, and I would read the customer reviews. And I went on YouTube once I had narrowed it down to about three of them. And I went on YouTube to look at some how-to videos, how to operate this particular pressure washer. I know, I think way too much. I'm sorry. There was one guy who was, was showing how to operate a 3,000 pounds per square inch pressure washer. This is a major league machine here. And he was showing people how to operate it, how to put the gas in, the oil in, where to put the choke, and then to pull the crank, and, and how to put the hose up, and all the different procedures. He's, and he started to crank it up, and he says, wait just a minute. He says, one thing please don't do that I did the first time I ever pressure washed anything. He said, I was pressure washing my car out in my yard. I was barefooted, pressure washing the car. And he said, I looked down and I had some grass debris on my bare feet. And he said, so I thought I'd just sweep across there and pressure wash the debris off my feet. And the moment he clicked the pressure washer, it rolled the skin off of his feet down to the bone. He said, don't ever point the pressure washer at your feet. He said, I couldn't walk for a month. And then he said this. He said this at the very last part of this portion of the video. He says, I'll never forget it. Something happened unexpected. And it caused him to never, ever forget unexpectedness. The prophet Isaiah knew the power of the unexpected. He said this in Isaiah 53.2, verse 2, where he predicted that the Messiah, get this, would be a root out of dry ground. Dry ground. You see, we pass over that passage so often we don't even think anything about it. But let me tell you something. The last place that you would expect a green root is in dry ground. Isaiah knew 
the significance of the unexpected. One day in John's Gospel, Jesus was teaching a big crowd of people and the religious leaders wanted Jesus arrested and they sent some soldiers there to arrest Him. And the soldiers went and they got mesmerized by Jesus' words. He held them, even the guards, spellbound and they, they finally left and went back to their religious leaders and when the leaders saw them come back without Jesus, it says, You were in his presence. Why didn't you take him? Why didn't you arrest him? And here's what they said. We've never heard anybody speak like he does. They were so stunned by the unexpected power of Jesus' words that they forgot what they had came there for. What they had come there for. And so they left and went back empty-handed. Paul describes this majestic picture of Jesus. This awesome, majestic picture of Jesus. And then he says this, and this is the surprise. He says that it pleased God through Christ to reconcile God's self to all things by making peace. How? Through his blood shed on the cross I wish we hadn't read that before because only then would we be able to see the unexpected the shock factor in this passage but we've read it so many times that that it's so familiar that it's become routine for us the Lord's Supper has become so routine for us it has When Jesus sent the disciples into the upper room, they were hungry. All they could think about was eating. All Jesus could think about was the cross. And so they went in, and they went right past a basin full of water, right just on the inside of the door with a towel that was wrapped around the basin. They just went right by that without even thinking about it, hurrying to the table, smelling the spread that was on the table, especially that good home-cooked bread, still hot. And so when Jesus came in, the disciples were shocked when instead of running to the table and asking the blessing, he picks up this basin of water, ties it around his waist, and he began one by one washing the disciples' feet. They totally did not expect that. And then when he got through washing their feet, He gave him some bread that he had broken and blessed. And he said, this is my body. What? What? Your body? (laughs) Broken for you. What? Take it. Eat it. This is the last time I'll eat, eat with you. What? And this cup. This is my blood shed for you. Say, what? What? What are you talking about? This is not what they expected. Nothing about that that night was what they expected from the washing of the feet to the breaking of the bread to the bread being his body to the the, uh, pouring of the wine into into the flask and the wine being his blood. None of that was expected. Not one of it. And then he said, by the way, one of you is going to betray me. What? 
Say what? No, no way. It's going to be the one of you who dips his bread into the cup with me. We celebrate Lord's Supper every other month here at Palmetto Baptist. And, and most of the time, probably 98% of the time, our deacons will come to the front, eight of them, and one up in the balcony, and they'll take a little saucer of bread that's already been broken, and they'll distribute it through the congregation, and we'll wait and then eat it together. And then they will spread, uh, take the uh, little, little bitty plastic cups, have about a half a gulp in each one of them of the juice, and they spread that throughout the congregation, and we hold it, and we wait till everybody can drink it together. And it's meaningful, it really is meaningful, but it's so routine and so familiar. Nothing about it unexpected anymore. So today we're going to do something different. I have four deacons. Guys, I want to ask you to come on up the front. I have a glass of juice. I can come over here. Two on each side. Now, if I really want to do something unexpected... I could do what they used to do when my dad pastored Dave's Creek Baptist Church. You know what they used to do at Dave's Creek? They had a glass just like this that was filled with real wine. And when it came time to drink the cup, they'd just pass it around. You take a drink of that, Sister Kilgore, and then Brother Kilgore, and all the way down the line, and y'all just keep on doing it. And everybody wanted to be on the front row that day. I mean, they didn't even have a priest there to take a handkerchief and wipe the uh, lip prints off of it. I mean, you just had to share it. Isn't that what family's for? You think we ought to do that? No. Each one of these deacons will be holding one of these cups. Mike's got one. Randy has one. Irv's going to have one. Jack Woodall's going to have one. We're not going to come to you. You're going to have to come to them. And if you know the Lord, whether you're a member here or a visitor here, it doesn't matter. If you know the Lord, I want to ask you to come. Pick up a piece of that broken bread and think about it for a moment. Take that bread representing his body and dip it in the juice that represents his blood. Think about what he did for you. I'm going to pray. We're not even going to come up here in an an orderly fashion. 
I thought about starting with a balcony and then do it one line at a time. Or I start, thought about starting up here at the front and going one line at a time. And I thought, no. I'm just going to let you come as you feel prompted to do so. Pick up the bread. Dip it in the cup. Take it into your life. Our Father... There's more meaning to this supper than we ever, ever realize. Because this is your body. This is your blood. And this bread and this cup remind us of your love on the cross for us. So bless this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. You come.
The Lord's Supper is its own message. It speaks of the love of Christ that is beyond any love we've ever experienced in our lives. The Lord's Supper talks about where that love drove him. It talks about the fact that he gave his life to die so that we could live. So my question for us this morning as we go to the invitation is simply this. Does the Lord's Supper mean anything to you? When you take the bread and you drink the juice, does it remind you not only of what Jesus did for you, but of that time when you invited Christ into your life to be your Savior and your Lord? Not everybody here knows the Lord. Not everyone in this building has invited Jesus to be their Savior and Lord. And so when we get up to sing in just a moment, if that's you, if you've never invited Christ into your life, then this invitation is your opportunity to come and say, I want Jesus in my life. It's also an opportunity for those who have been saved, who have invited Jesus into their hearts to come and be baptized. The two ordinances that Jesus gave us were the Lord's Supper and baptism. And only those who have a relationship with Christ are truly eligible to partake in these ordinances. Have you been baptized? Let's stand. I invite you to come.